Um, today we're we're going to be speaking about who God is, what God is, and if I was going to ask you as a believer the question, if somebody should happen to ask you, what is God? How would you answer them? If they would say, what is God? What would you say? And right now, you, maybe your mind's thinking of a few things, but I want to go over uh, what the scripture says that God is, that we can tell somebody, and we can know for ourselves who God is, what he's like, and what we're going to see when we get to heaven. And of course, we're in a series, What's After A? Uh, some of you may or may not have been able to get the book yet, Imagine Heaven. I want to encourage you to get this book. It, you will be so delighted of going to heaven. You'll say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come today. I'm ready. And this book has so, there's so many stories of, of these people who had near-death experiences. And we call them NDEs, NDEs. And uh, what we see is their experience, and it's documented through science and medical journals of what they've seen and, and, and things that, I mean, that there was like, for example, one after death who had died and while he was in his experience after death in his new life, uh, as he was floating away from the hospital, he noticed on the second or the third floor, it was a different level, there was a certain color tennis shoe. I believe it was a blue tennis shoe. And if for some reason, that just stuck out in his mind. And when he, he came back to earth, they resuscitated. He came back to life, and he tried to tell them what had happened. Of course, you know, they, they're not really believers. They, they think it was the medicine. He said, no, you go up on that certain floor, look out this window, and you'll find a blue tennis shoe. They found the blue tennis shoe. So I think it's pretty, pretty interesting. We're, we're not just going to put stock into what they say, but we're also going to compare it to the word of God. What they saw and this God. And, and today I want to talk about the God of light and the God of love. The God of light and the God of love. Have you ever thought about how much humans really crave love? Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about the millions of songs that have been written of love? Of being in love. Because relationship and love motivates most of what we do. And yet there's this painfulness about love on planet earth. It's just like a lot of people get disappointed or they just can't be worse. Uh, it's like the, the song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And of course, if there wasn't pain in love, then we would not even have country and western music. I'm just saying so today we want to look at the God of light and the God of love. And I want to start with, with a video this morning. Uh, it's called The Highlight of Heaven. I want you to hear what these individuals who actually died, and in a lot of cases, it's, it's, uh, some of them died for a long period of time, came back to life uh, after an hour and a half, for example, and what their stories and the things that they saw. Let, let's watch this, The Highlight of Heaven. This light was shining over my shoulders. I began to see a small, bright, brilliant glow that got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's the brightest thing you can imagine, but I could look at it. And I never, ever wanted to leave. 
64.6% of near-death experiencers describe an unearthly beautiful mystical light. They feel overwhelming love. It's sort of like a million times a million of any love they ever felt on Earth. They did see the magnificence of just the light shining forth in everything, bringing light to everything. And the light was not just something you would see. This was really a light born out of love. Yo sé que esa, esa vez que yo, esa luz que yo vi era la luz de Dios. So their experience was they, they saw this light. And that's what I want to talk about today because uh, who is this God who is light? And I want to share, I'm so excited to share this with you because when these people come back to earth, they talk about this God of light that loved them. And, and they were trying to, but they said, love them better than anyone else has ever loved them. In fact, when they were in God's presence, they said, I felt like I was home. I love that, don't you? So who is this God of light and love? Has he only been showing himself to these NDEers, as we call them? No, he's been revealing himself for thousands of years. And if you will seek him, you can find him. Uh, what I want to share with you is God has been revealing himself through the help of modern science, through the NDEs that uh, we, it is being confirmed with science. But also, I want to share with you the ancient Jewish writings uh, and these words of Jesus. And the first thing we want to look at is this God of light. Uh, was one of the my, my favorite uh, childhood Bible stories was uh, it was about when God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. It was a light that was in a bush, but the, the bush didn't burn up. I thought that was so incredible as a, as a child. And, and then we look at the Jewish prophet Ezekiel. And if you have your Bibles, turn there to Ezekiel chapter 1. He has this vision of heaven, and he sees God. So let's, let's read what, and this is 600 B.C., Ezekiel chapter 1. High above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. So I want you to pay attention to that. Like a man. I saw from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal. As if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds or a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. Now, that's pretty descriptive, isn't it? I love that. And the Jewish prophets say that this brilliant God of light, which is our first point, God is light. He revealed himself as Yahweh. And yet there are times when he appears as a chapter 10. Brilliant man of light. If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 10. And Daniel was this Jewish prophet. He was living in Babylon. That's modern day Iraq. About 450 BC. And he writes this. uh, Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 4. On April 23rd. As I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like 
polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Now, these are individuals. Now, this is before you flipped on a switch and there was light in your house. You know what I'm talking about? So they're trying to describe something that they really have never seen before, except through fire and and precious gems. And so Daniel, he's he's saying that this God of light revealed himself uh, and and he's looking at him and there's gold around his waist and his body looked like fire. In other words, he was bright. He was this light. And God has been revealing himself for thousands of years. In fact, God told Abraham that he would be a blessing to the nations. Some of you know the story. And how this was done, there was going to be this Jewish Messiah who would come to earth. And I want you to get this. He would come as a baby, as a child, grow up, and he would die to pay for the sins of all people. In fact, this was told Uh, also by Jewish prophets like Isaiah. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We love to read this scripture at the holidays of Christmas, which is only a few weeks away, and everyone say, praise the Lord. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know some of you are going, yeah, I was at Lowe's this week, and they were playing Christmas music. I thought I'd just make your day just a little bit. Isaiah chapter 9. There will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see what? A great light. I love that. We'll see a great light for a child is born to us and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. This one true God came as a child. and We love to celebrate it in December. He reveals himself as a young boy, lived and taught in Galilee, And just like the writing said would happen, it happened. In fact, Jesus said in John 8 and 12, I am the what? Everyone say light. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. We get all these scriptures about light. And Jesus himself is saying that's who he is. And John sees a vision after Jesus has risen from the dead. Look at Revelation chapter 1. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like Mighty ocean waves. He's, he's trying to describe how loud it was. And his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. This is the same God that these near-death experiencers see as well. They, they experience the same thing. And in fact, I'll turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Before we read that scripture, the disciples said at one point on a mountain... Jesus was transfigured and he became more brilliant than the sun. He did that on earth too. So Paul writes in Romans 10 verse 12. 
There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Aren't you glad for that? (laughs) That includes me. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And, and, And this next part of the scripture, I think, is so important. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Aren't you glad for that promise? I, I want to go to our next point, which is God is love, because even atheists who have these near-death experiences uh, find out when they go to the other side and they have this vision of this light in Jesus, they, they found not only him to be light, but it's our next point, they find him to be love. So if somebody asks you what God is, well, he's light and he is love. And I want you to listen to Howard's story. Uh, It it is still real for him. He's still very emotional. He's trying to hold back the tears even to this. No way. Let's watch this video of Howard. There's no hope. There's no way out. And I I am in the um, bottom of the pit of hopelessness and despair and self-pity, whatever. In that, this memory comes of myself as a little boy sitting in a Sunday school classroom singing, Jesus Loves Me. And I could see myself vividly, so innocent, so sweet, so naive, simple, and feeling what I felt when I was like a little boy, like maybe eight or nine years old or whatever. Jesus loves me, this I know. That's what I kept hearing over and over again. But I had put all and put that all away behind me, beside me, and denied it all and mocked it all. And um, and now all of a sudden, it was all I had. I had nothing else. I'm scra- I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel of what might be possible. So uh, I thought about that too, and I thought, he, why would he care about me? Even if he is, why would he care? He must hate me. I'm so sorry. And I thought, enough of this. I'm done. I don't have anything else. Jesus, please save me. And when I said that, I saw a light, tiny little speck of light, and it very rapidly got very bright and came over me. And I saw out of the light hands and arms emerge out of this impossibly beautiful white light, I was experiencing a love that is beyond, far beyond words. I've never been able to articulate it, but I can say that if I took all my experience of love in my entire life and could condense it into a moment, it still wouldn't begin to measure up to the intensity of this love that I was feeling. And those arms went on me and healed me. They went behind my back and he picked me up as if it was no effort on his part. He just gently picked me up and held me up against him real tight up against his chest. So there I am with my arms around him, his arms around me, and I am bawling like a baby and I am slobbering and snotting and drooling with my head buried in his chest and he starts to rub my back. Like, he wasn't saying they're there, but it was just like like a mom or a dad with a child. And I knew 
I don't, I don't know how I knew, but I knew later that he loved me very much just the way I was. Later in this experience, we did a life review and he made perfectly clear, clear what he did not like. And I can safely say despised, hated, detested about my, what I had done with my life, but he always loved me. And the reason why he didn't love what I did was because it detracted from who I was meant to be. Oh, isn't that good? That gets me every time. Man, I, I love the part when he says, he just picked me up like I was nothing. I mean, a 200-pound man, and it's nothing. And he, and he puts his arms around him and puts his hand on his back. I love that. And he was an atheist. Notice I use the word was, like some people in this room used to be non-believers what is amazing is that no matter what you've done this is true for us as well god may not like what you have done but he loves you that's for somebody today he may not have liked something that you have done but he loves you unconditionally everyone say praise the lord let me get this right in other words this was a college professor. He comes from this experience, and he was living in France at the time. Two years later, he leaves his tenured professor, uh, professorship to become a pastor. Talk about a turnaround. Now, his wife is still a, was still an atheist. She ends up divorcing him because she thinks he's crazy. And he is. He's crazy about Jesus. So what would motivate this professor to leave everything that he had and all his thought processes that there is no God to accept him and, and, and become a pastor and tell other people about Jesus Christ? It has to be because of the love of God. It has to be. God is love. This is what the NDE say, and it's what the Bible's been saying all along. They have this, these, these people have this experience, and they, they say, he, he was light. Did you hear Howard? He said, he, I saw this light. Man, I got chills all over my body today. He was this light, but he loved me beyond words. And that's what I want for you to understand today. He loves you. Loves you beyond words. Just as these indie ears have these experiences with God. It's because you, they still need to get right with God. Just because you've had an experience with God doesn't mean that's where God wants you to stay. He, he wants you to move from that place forward. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, in, in the New Testament, uh, we talked a little about him last week. His name was Saul. His name gets changed to Paul, but Saul was a Jesus hater and he persecuted Christians and uh, killed them actually. And then he was on this road to Damascus to get some more. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it says, A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. There's that light word again. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, 
the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. God is light and God is love, but he doesn't tell Paul the gospel story, does he? He said he would send somebody that would explain the gospel to him and you'll be told what to do. And in fact, this is when Ananias was, was a gene killer. It leads him to tell Paul. Of course, they were afraid, you know, here's the Christian killer and, and you want me to go share the gospel. And he does and he shares the gospel. And of course, Paul accepts the free gift of salvation and, and he's forgiven. But what I want to get across is Paul had a choice. He could accept the free gift or he could deny it. And if you're taking notes, if you want to write this down, relationship with God is actually a gift. Relationship with God is a gift. It's yours to choose or not. It's free, folks. It's absolutely free. Jesus paid the price. Heaven is free. But Paul still had to choose. And so do we. We have to choose if this is what we want to believe. Here's what's interesting. These NDEers still have a choice. And when they come back to earth, they have to choose. Will I seek and follow God or will I just deny him? My question for you today is, have you chosen Jesus as your Lord and Savior? God's justice met God's unconditional love on the cross. It's like the song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it as snow. Aren't you glad for that? Wow. This is what I want to get across. That Howard and many others got a second chance. But don't think that everyone's going to get a second chance. Because these NDEers talk about a border. Or they talk about a boundary. That they knew they couldn't cross it because... If they wanted to come back to earth, they just knew I can't cross this border or this boundary because they knew they would have been eternalized with the choices that they had made. And I, I want to encourage those that are watching online and those in the service today, don't wait to choose God. Make your choice. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. I want to show you another scripture. Revelation chapter one, verse seven. Everyone will see him. Well, that pretty much covers us all. Everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. So we shouldn't be surprised when when people see him and they see this light and they feel his love. And when when they come back, they'll discover who he is and, and accept him. And this is what Paul did. This is what Howard did. It's what God has been doing and been revealing himself all along. In Exodus 34, verse 6, around 1500 B.C., the passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. There's that word, great is thy faithfulness. We were singing just a few moments ago. Unfailing love to a thousand generations. Did you catch that? Unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But notice this. 
but I do not excuse the guilty. And that's exactly what Howard experienced, this unfailing love, but he doesn't excuse the actions. In fact, I think Howard said that God detested, he, he didn't like what he had done previous in his life because he wasn't fulfilling his purpose. I thought that was a great explanation. And yet, Jesus pays for all of our actions, all of our sin, all of our rebellion. Why? Because he's a loving God. And when he, and I, I say this because I love the song. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. That this is why he did it, because he, he loved us. And he paid the price in God. We could be just like him. We could be Christ-like. How? By loving God, loving others, and making a difference in the world. Do you realize how much God really loves you? Jesus demonstrated this, and he explains to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee in John 3. He said, the Son of Man must be lifted up. In other words, he's got to be lifted up on a cross, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I love this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Aren't you glad for that? Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And I'm here to tell you again on this Sunday. Jesus Christ is Lord and there is no other. And he wants you to experience his love right now. Don't wait till heaven. On, on, on the last night that Jesus was on earth in John 15, he said, I have loved you, my command, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. When I was reading that scripture this week, I was reminded of the song. I know I, know I, I do a lot of song stuff, ideas, but we used to sing, It's joy unspeakable and it's full of glory. And the half has never yet been told. He's the God of light. He's the God of love. And he is a God who is personal. That's the next point I want to get across to you. This, this next video, and this, I want you to get this. Dean Braxton was dead one hour and 45 minutes, and he has medical proof to prove it. He was dead for almost two hours. And yet he came back to speak of God's unfailing love. Let's, let's watch this video of Dean Braxton. Unfailing love. Watch this. 
I came in on grass. There was flowers around. Um, there were animals around. It's almost like I was gliding, like uh, on a people mover that you have in the airport or something like that, you know. And I, I remember for me going up to the trees, and then the trees just started opening up for me. And there was a pathway that was laid before me, and I just went on that pathway. And as I went through the forest, it seemed like everything in the forest was saying to me, "He's going to see the king. He's going to see the king." And when I got on the other side of the forest, that's when I saw Jesus Christ. He was real bright, you know, um, you know, brighter than any light I've ever seen, even the sun. And probably what amazed me is I could look at him because I was used to if I looked, tried to look at the sun or some bright light, my eyes couldn't handle it. But I could see right to him and he was glowing. And when I went up to him, I, I didn't I just didn't look at him in the face. I bowed before him and I looked at his feet. And he was standing in a field, and, and before him, I don't know if it was thousands or millions or billions of, of what I call beings. They were uh, creations of God. Um, they were some were angels and some were uh, people that had been on this planet, Earth. And I looked at his feet, and when I looked at his feet, you know, all I could think of, you know, you did this for me. I was so grateful, so happy, you know, so joyful that he would do what he did so I could be there. And after I said, you did this for me, the next words that came out of my mouth were, thank you, 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 thank you. And then the next thing I realized is I was looking at his feet, and his feet were a bronze kind of color, almost like a metal color, but there was more than that. It was more beautiful than you can imagine. And I remember thinking to myself, his feet loved me. And it was like I was literally receiving the fullness of the love of God through the feet of Jesus. And at that moment, I didn't want to look at anything else. I did look at the rest of him, but at that moment, I just wanted to receive that love that was coming through his feet. And I remember then started looking up and every portion of him was loving me. His entire being loved me. And what got me was he only loved me. I knew he loved others, but it seemed like he only loved me. He kind of just um, said things to me telepathically and all kinds of stuff, more than I, I could even express. One of the things I really uh, um, probably came across really is how much he really loves people on this planet, which has put a drive in me to do what I'm doing right now. Um, the other thing that took place is for some reason I was there when we were all called to come around the throne of God where the Father was and give him praise. Even though they were separate, they were one. And it's hard to describe that um, to anybody is because it's like we're so used to, especially in, in the ministry, you know, we're looking at the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we say there's, they're one God, but in three different personalities. No, they're one, period. Yeah. You know, and even though I looked at Jesus and I looked at the over here, they were still one. You know, it was not no separation at all to me. You know, and so that even changed how I look at things. And that was a great experience to go through that, to see everything in heaven come around that throne and literally lift our voices in love to him to tell him how much we love him and how he received each and every song as though I was the only one or the next person next to me was the only one singing to him. You know, it wasn't like he looked at it as a collective group coming together and singing to him. He looked at it as you coming to sing to me. And that was a great experience. Isn't that amazing? He felt like he was the only one that Jesus was listening to singing, but yet everyone could have been feeling the same exact thing. I love that. God is personal. 
I love that story. God sees him, and he felt like he's the only one that he loved, and it was so personal to him. Why is this? Because our personalities, our humor, our lack of, our creativity or lack of, our love for adventure all comes from God. He put that inside of us and, and we are created in his image. I love that. We're created in his I want you to image and it all comes from him. I, I want you to understand that God knows you better than you know yourself. How many are parents of children? Raise your hand. Would you say you probably knew your child better than they knew themselves when they were young? And maybe even to this day. (laughs) Some of you are going, I wish I could say a great big amen, but I can't. They may pick it up on the tape. God knows you better than you know yourself. He's the ancient of days. You're a kid. Even at 70, you're a child to him. And he knows you better than you even know yourself. I I want you to to look at how he expresses feelings. Uh, This is about four to 500 BC, Jeremiah chapter three. He's writing, uh, I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. This is God speaking. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I look forward to you calling me father. And I wanted you like to never turn from me. But you've been unfaithful to me. Like a faithless wife who leaves her husband. God experiences joy and he's a giver. But he also experiences heartache when people don't come to him. He's personal. God gets you. He gets your humor or your lack of humor. Yes, I still tell God jokes. And I'm wondering why he laughs when he knows everything anyway. He knows the punchline. He laughs at our jokes and we may not get them, but he understands. He also understands our struggles. He understands our hardships. And he understands our temptations. And you can go to him with all of it. All that's within you you can bring to him. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, starting at verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. It was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful, that's good, and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing. He's able to help us when we are forced. Jesus understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. So... Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most.
Isn't that an amazing promise? He understands us. He understands our weakness. He understands our temptation. And he merged himself with his creation out of love because he wants to help us. So all that we have to do is talk to him. Let him help you through these struggles. Talk to him. He's, he's personal. He enjoys life with us. Isaiah 62 and 5. God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. God rejoices over you in this life. And especially when you're enjoying it. So God is light. God is love. He's personal. And the last thing I want to share with you is God is relational. God is relational. You know, this last video is Heidi Barr. And, you know, God is, is relational. He's wanting a relationship. And she, she talks about this. She actually uh, was a Jew who at one time, you know, the Jews do not believe that Jesus is Messiah. But I want you to see her story of Heidi. Let's watch together. Enjoyed it. Watch. I grew up in Council Bluffs, Iowa, in a Jewish family. My dad had a mantra. Jesus Christ is the biggest hoax ever perpetrated on mankind. Christians are idiots for having hope. Your life has less significance than the smallest speck of dust in this infinite universe. We were in an accident where another horse ran into my horse. She reared up, flipped over backwards with me on her back, and fell across my body. As she hit my chest, I immediately left my body. I was up 30, 40 feet in the air. I just left. I knew I was dead. And as I was up there, I noticed that even though it was a cloudy day, this light was shining over my shoulders. There was a light over my shoulders, and it was illuminating everything in front of me. And I realized there was a person standing right there. And he moved forward, and he was standing. We were up in the air, but we were standing. And uh, he is standing right next to me, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and it's like, oh, Jesus, oh, hey. It's like, how you doing? I knew that I had known him my entire life. It was not a surprise. I was not shocked. I was not thinking, what is a nice Jewish girl like me seeing Jesus? Why am I seeing Jesus? No, I knew this man. I knew him. And um, he... He was smiling at me. We were talking, but I mean, it's not like my mouth was moving, but I know we were talking. And he very quickly showed me my life. I didn't have a whole lot to see because really and truly I was a good kid. And he, he, uh, I saw him from the time I was formed in my mother's womb. He had been with wow. me. He had always been with me all my life. And, um, you know, just when I used to talk to God at night when I was a little kid, He'd been there, that he'd been there sitting by my bed. I saw that. After this life review, and I was no longer really looking at the ground, he took my hand and we flew. We surfed. I didn't go through a tunnel. A lot of people, I've heard people say they go went through a tunnel. No tunnel. It was like we had this wave of light under our feet, and I know my feet were bare because I could feel the wave of light under my feet. And it was pushing us forward. And we were holding hands and flying like Superman. It was getting plain. So faster and faster and faster, I saw a light. 
and it was getting closer and closer and it was it's a living light and it's the brightest thing you can imagine but I could look at it and you would think it would burn you but it doesn't it's perfect it's blemishless and it takes up that light took up my entire field of vision it was infinite in its scope but it was alive and that light was love and Jesus took me directly into the light and the next thing I knew I find found myself sitting on God's lap and I have a granddaughter a two-year-old granddaughter and you know if she needs comforting or she wants to be held she she'll sit on my lap and bury her her face in my chest and I'll put my arms around her and she'll, she'll have her arms around me that's what I was doing I was like a little kid I was sitting on God's lap and I buried my face against his chest and I put my arms around him and he had his arms around me and I never ever wanted to leave I didn't want to leave I just wanted to sit there forever and be held by God and it's I can't explain how God can be a light and God can be a man and God can be love I I can't explain it I can't but that's what I experienced Justin isn't that amazing it's the crawling into the lap of God Jesus talked about that on earth he said let these little children come to me God wants relationship but relationship can't be forced it's not how it works in fact he gives us something called a free will and we have to decide like Paul like Howard like Heidi are we going to accept this but anyone who accepts Jesus can have a relationship with him can I get a good amen let me read you a couple scriptures John 14 don't let your hearts be troubled because he was going away you believe in God believe also in me if I go and prepare a place for you I will come back and take you to be where I am you know the way to the place I am going and Thomas said Lord we don't know where you're going how can we know the way and Jesus said I am the way I am the truth and I am the light and he's also the life (laughs) no one comes to the father except through me why because they're one they're one and the same if you really know me you will know my father as well from now you do know him and you have seen him so those who are seeking God you're actually seeking Jesus John 6 and 4 Jesus answered for no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me And in that last day, I will raise them up. It is written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. What does that mean? Well, Heidi was seeking God. And she came to believe that Jesus was this God. And Jesus said in Luke 10, whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. So I think it's very important that everyone who's hearing this and you won't consider all the evidence that God has done and all Jesus did and went through so that we could know God and have a relationship with him and we just blow it off. Jesus says in reality, you're not really wanting to know God. 
Because if you believe in Him, you can have this relationship with Him. So how are we going to live this out? Remember the prayer that Jesus said, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Number one, start a relationship with God. It's really simple. If you don't have one, then seek Him. Read His love letters. Read the Bible. Start in the book of John and and read the teachings of Jesus. Talk to Him all day long. I I know people that, that pray an hour a day and they, they think that that's the only way to do it. Actually, I, Jesus is in my life all day long. I talk to him all day long. It's not just for an hour. It's not just for 30 minutes. Start a relationship with God and then grow in friendship with God. Grow in friendship. If you've accepted the free gift, then have that relationship and let it grow. A friendship begins with time together with trusting each other. And that's what faith is. It's, it's trust. Spend time with God. And the last thing I would suggest is bring the light and the love of heaven to earth. Make a difference in this world. Ask God how you can do this. In a few weeks, we're going to be uh, helping out some of our soldiers not too far from here. There's, there's things that they need. Well, we can be showing God's light and God's love by helping our soldiers. Um, so, some of you people who understand we're living in a very dark world that needs the light. <laughs> people are stressed. There's so much anxiety. There's so much depression. And there's a, even suicides are up. But you can bring the light. You can. This is where if God can use Ananias... God can use us to show and tell. Let's stand today. I wanted to share with you the love of God because next week I want to talk about hell. You don't want to miss next week. (laughs) It is crazy interesting. This this service, I, I just wanted to show you the love of God and how much he loves you. And, and those who reject him, it, it's not that God's going to send them to hell. It's they're sending themselves there. He's, he's saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I know that there's so many people that are living in a very dark, dark time in their life. And these are the moments that we long to crawl into our daddy's lap. And God, I have felt your embrace like that before. I have crawled in your lap and I have cried like a baby. And you have comforted me so many times. I ask that the comfort of the Holy Spirit fall upon each and every one of us today. So many of us hurt. So many of us have been so anxious about the times that we're living. So God, I'm I'm believing right now this God who is light, who is love, who is personal, who is relational. That here at Life Church, we would always shine this love of God. 
Would you make this your prayer as well? Father, forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Just like Howard knew that you weren't happy with his actions of his past. And this is why you went to Calvary. And and like Howard said, I came to emptying out myself and I have nothing left except to say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's for the Jews. It's for the Greeks. Even It's for all of us. Yes, even those who call ourselves atheists. Those who have tried to deny God. We know through the written word, everyone senses eternity in their lives. And God, I pray, as you begin to reveal yourself to others, use us. Let us be salt and light. Let us bring heaven to earth in a very dark world. I pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it happen, God. If you made that prayer, your next step is to be water baptized. We would love to baptize you. And there's even more after that. God wants to pour out the baptism of His Holy Spirit upon you so that you can have the power to live in light and love. Be Christ-like.